Hey guys, before today's episode of the podcast, I want you to text me 212-931-5731. If you don't, you're missing out. I'm putting all my eggs in the fucking text basket. 212-931-5731. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Podcast, what's up? It's Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, conversation with uh, this extremely fine young man named Jay. Met Jay, like, let's talk about perseverance. Met Jay almost two years ago, maybe about two years ago. Really blew me away, we were introduced by a mutual friend. Incredible story, I was captivated. I literally, lately I've been thinking about making documentaries, films, and television in my next chapter of my career, as I've, you know, I realized I went from retailer, and then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not a retailer, I'm a marketer. And recently I've realized, wait a minute, very similar to what I, the transition I made from the wine business to VaynerMedia, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not a marketer, I'm a storyteller. And one of the times I most remember sitting with somebody, I'm like, this is a fucking movie, was uh, with this gentleman. So Jay, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to uh, the Vayner Nation, and I've got a couple more things to talk about and some questions, and we'll rock and roll. Gary, it's an honor to be here. It was actually <coughs> October 18th, 2017. So nailed it. Yeah, October 18th, nice. 2017. Nice. And, and I remember that day, I walked into the office, and I, I actually had no idea who you were. Yeah, I remember we were and introduced by a mutual friend. I, I looked it up in the, uh, my phone. On the, the way here? Were, yeah. yeah. And I saw this line outside of all these people. And I was like, all right, who's this guy? So I walked in, and uh, I said, the outcome for this meeting I want, and you sat back and you said, you have an 85% chance of accomplishing this. And I thought you had said at the time, you have an 85% chance of not accomplishing. So I stood up on my seat and said, no, brother, I'm gonna get this. And you said, Jay, just relax. Yeah. And uh, it was at that point, you know, I always say, I have three main points in my life where I went through. I say, I, I, a little bit of my background is, 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 you know, I'm known as a trainer, no, yep. I've coached the NFL, Major League Baseball, helped build the bodies for, you know, some like the Kevin Loves, the J-Lo's at 50 Cents, and uh, it's been a long ride, but I always say I've been through the worst at times to give people the best at times. And there was three pinnacle times in my life that uh, really I was, you know, sexually abused my neighbor from six to nine. And then well, I was an athlete at the University of Arkansas, I was a long jumper, broke my spine, doctor said I'll never walk again, went through 16 major surgeries to build it back together. And then went through a major divorce and then went bankrupt. And I'll never forget, it was July 7th, 2017. I was sitting in the hospital and I said, this is not, this, this is not gonna define who I am. And I remember you asked me three poignant questions. You said, what's the minimum amount of money I need to make? What's the fame I'm looking to achieve? And then what's the legacy? And I said, you know, I basically said to myself, I said, you know, the legacy is I don't wanna, I don't want that when my son, when he's yeah, reading right. my obituary, mm-hmm. when he's going at my eulogy, when I don't want my gravestone to ever say, could have been. Yeah, I remember that very vividly. And I said to myself, you know, it was those points, and that's how I have a rapport with people, and that's why I go after the brain so much, that's why I go uh, the mental so much, is because, you know, my biggest question I always ask myself is, never give yourself the opportunity to ask what if, and I see so many people out there, you know, 5% of people in the world make things happen, 50% watch them happen, 80% what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And we all have the answers to the test, and the answers come right before we die. And as you pointedly mentioned, it's, po- it, it, it's a regret that's the biggest poison that 100%. kills a man. And what happens is that I, I told myself, you know, when I, when I was poor, and I was actually homeless at the time when I came to meet you. I remember. I was fucking homeless. And you're like, but are you on drugs? I was like, no, brother, I am homeless. I could barely pay my rent. And if I don't make this payment, I skip seeing my son, I'll never forget it's school day, just to come see you. And I stood outside, you know, I was telling, I was telling a, a fiance on the way here, I was like, for two years I waited outside your door. I sat out there, so just give me a chance, because I know it's not about, hey, look at me, it's that there's people 
sitting in the back of the classroom who could, I can relate to. There's people who, you know, uh, that are sitting in the stands that coulda, woulda, shoulda been, but they never gotten a chance, and now they wear someone else's name on the back of their jersey. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I promised myself, and I never buy my son anybody else's jersey, except I get his name on the back of his jersey when he wants a sports jersey. Because I'm not going to let any chapter in my life that I've been through define who I am. Where are you at now? What is uh? What are you like? Well, I'm happy. <laughs> I can see yeah. the energy is obviously different, but you know it's funny. It's the same but different, right? You have to go through it, and that's the thing. You know, it's easy to teach a person. You know, I'm coaching my son's soccer team. And I told the kids it's easy to teach you to win, but the greatest lessons are learned while we lose. Hundred percent. And if you don't go through losses in life, how are you going to win? How are you going to appreciate it? You know, LeBron didn't make, you know, you always talk about, we see the end game, Instagram, social media. We see the people at their end game. But if those people want to be fancy prior up to that, if they want to be fancy on social media, applaud them. Because I wasn't there at 5 a.m. in the morning. I was there at my 5 a.m. in the morning crying. I wasn't, I wasn't there this when they were 18 what, getting this is cut. This bugs the shit out of me with the way that people talk about athletes. Like, it's similar to how I think about myself. It's why I started Daily V. When, when I started noticing the accolades coming, I'm like, you know what? You know, a lot of people are very confused about how much work it takes. Like who, you know, I mean, I mean you know, I'm in the football business. These guys are banged up. Like, the amount of work they need to put to rebuild themselves for the next Sunday and and just because everybody, so many people want to be professional athletes, they think they should shut up and just this, that, and the other thing. And, and you laugh because people just don't have context on other people's lives. That's how I feel about everybody. I literally mean this. I envy no one. I, no one makes me jealous. Not because I'm so cool. It's because I know that I don't know what's actually happening. Like every person I see walking around, I mean, this is my biggest thing for people that are coming from, you know, you made the point already. I actually believe, especially now with the internet where there are no gatekeepers like universities and rich families and many other things, that coming from adversity is the great advantage now. I keep trying to tell kids that are 14 that DM me and they're like, but Gary, my parents are broke. I'm fucking from the hood or from a shitty area. I'm like, and they're like, but that kid, I'm like, bro, I'm telling you right now, and this is real, I'll say it again, and this goes over very unpopularly every time I say it, but it's actually what I believe. You show me an 18-year-old right now in Malibu driving an open-top Mercedes, and you show me some kid working at Chick-fil-A in, the, in South Carolina, and I swear on all I've got, I think the Chick-fil-A kid's happier. 100%. I just, with all I've got, I believe 100%. it. I do not think people understand how deeply unhappy people that are privileged are at a youth level in today's current society. You know, you could sell me on 1954, I think there were different dynamics, but right now, and we see it with the USC you know, scandal, and I see it because I read the thousand of DMs I get, like people are deeply unhappy, they're in drug culture, they're in depression culture, because they have too much, not because they have too little. And ultimately it's because their parents are innuendoing to them that they're not capable without their help, which makes them feel not in control. No different than when somebody feels the government or a company or social media is in control. Like this thought of giving, you know, one thing that resonated me to me when we had that long convo when we first met is I remember in some of the, you know, 
you know, toughness that you were going through, I still remember this very vividly, and I just, let me phrase, it just recalled as you were talking. I'm in love with people that actually feel confident that nobody else is in control. Like, I, I, you know, even in the adversity of a tough divorce, which you were in the mix at that point, I still had the inclining of accountability and not feeling like somebody else was in control, which gave me complete positive mindset that you were gonna come out on the other end. The people that don't come out on the other end of adversity are the ones that have succumbed to believe that somebody else controls the outcome. You're 100% right, and I always say, you know, each one of those points, those three points, I have gratitude. Without that happening when I was young, I wouldn't be the man I am today. Without breaking my spine, I wouldn't be the man I am today. Without going through that, I would never be my son's hero. How old are you now? 46. God, so young. You look great too. You look even better than the last time I saw you. I I, I gained uh, 25 pounds. You met me, I was uh, just about 148. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, but it's those times that we all have to go through. We, talk, talk to me, I apologize for interrupting. No, no. Talk to me about professionally what's going on. Because you know we ran into each other at Steph's sure, sure. party and I was like, let's finally do this. This has been hanging on my chest. Me when and you came out, I was like, Tyler, Tyler was so pumped. You know, it's, it, it's a really tricky life. You know, like, like, you know, it's amazing. Somebody asked me a question yesterday. Gary, what's the biggest mistake you made uh, you know, at this yeah. conference? And I said, the, when you are drinking out of a fire hose, when you're crippled by opportunity and when you're trying to do everything, you know, there's so many things that happen. I think about you and then I think about 25 other people, whether they are some of the fanciest people in the world, whether they're former employees, whether they're people that I met like you, where a dinner was set up, a podcast was set up, whatever it was set up, and the serendipity of life. You know, one of the things that people don't understand about my life is I actually run this company. You know, the Gary V thing is a byproduct of a lot of smart production and understanding. So, for example, I remember the second time I had to cancel this podcast with you, I was very committed to doing it because you're very good at, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll cancel something and the person just stays quiet because they're, to your point, they're in the back of the classroom or their feelings get hurt. They think I'm canceling on them because I'm trying to big time them or I don't care. What they don't realize, and I remember this vividly, the second time was my Budweiser client called me and it was like, if you don't show up for this meeting, you got a big problem. Yeah. So everybody's got a boss. I have a thousand of them because I have a thousand employees and a thousand clients. And so, you know, I remember that vividly and I always think about serendipity. But what's really interesting is, I wanna spend a few minutes because it'll be good for the audience, but it's more importantly, I'm almost being selfish. Where are you professionally? Like, what are you up to? Sure, so. Like, what one, are you doing? So one of, the, one of the things that I'm focused on now is I've taken everything that I've went through and developed a platform program where I'm able to tap into subconscious people. You didn't use the neuro-linguistic uh, programming, yep. NLP. And I put together a program, developed it, sold it off to Mount Sinai, and now my fiance and I, Cindy, that's what I'm Cindy Barship, we're developing a health and wellness optimization platform and uh, programming brick and mortar up on the Upper East Side where we're gonna give people the opportunity to take the thought process out of health and wellness, which is one of the biggest things. There's so much BS out there. We have dietitians that don't agree, doctors don't agree. Brick and mortar, I apologize. So people walk in on the Upper East Side, you walk in and what happens? We get blood analytics. Uh We go after the most imperative thing, which is sleep. We don't focus on that enough. And that's one of the biggest things in health and wellness. I see that when I go talk to sports teams. They're like, you know what, how do I diet, how do this? And I'm like, how do you sleep? You know what's really funny about this, Jay, that you brought this up? and I use every opportunity to bring it up. So I had Ariana Huffington on my vlog three years ago. Mm-hmm. So many people 
you know, especially, you know, it's funny, in 2009, when I wrote Crush It, because um, I wrote it in 2008, we were coming out of a real economic downturn. And we were coming off out of the seven years of prosperity. And I felt that people had gotten soft and it was very important for me. And at the time, the word hustle was more like, you know, a Jersey kind of term. It was so much less than the consciousness. And to me, it meant work ethic. I'm like, look, in a world like that we live in now where there's not a lot of opportunity, you're gonna have to outwork the other animals. It's part of the equation. I believe that today. But over the last decade, because of all the prosperity, the word has gotten absolutely demonized. And I've gotten thrown under the bus a lot of times of propaganda. Uh, People claim that I push what eventually leads to burnout. And I laugh at that because I'm like, man, you're just taking my natural energy as a communicator. You're not listening to what I'm actually saying. You know, I've been very adamant that I'm a big fan of sleep. I myself, I mean, I'm trying to think about last night. I slept eight hours last night. Like, I'm a big fan of sleep. I'm just a huge fan of leaving it on the field when you're awake. You know, all, uh, you know, so many people are looking for happiness and success, and I'm like, well, one of the good ways to do that is to not listen to two hours worth of YouTube videos, play an hour of 2K, consume 48 minutes of your stream of Instagram, and you know, like, what are you doing when you're awake? How are you maximizing your time then? I love, I'm so proud and grateful that you're talking about that, and it's really funny. I know that a lot of people don't view me as a champion of it, but I talk about it often. Like, I really, like I, there's never, almost never, almost at all costs, I'm trying to sleep minimum six hours. You have to. Like, it happens where I'll take a red eye or this or that, but I promise you, if I get four, which by the way, only happens once every month max, mm-hmm. if I get four, that Saturday, I'm getting 10. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's, I, I hate that people think sleep is what you have to give up for the grind. What you have to give up for the grind or your ambitions is the dumb shit during the day that you waste time on, including things like having an hour meeting when the meeting's actually a 17 minute meeting. Having a meeting about a meeting? It happens all day long. It's, it's, you, mean, you said something very valid. We do, if you really think about it, we work really the eight hour day, four hours. I mean, really, Agreed. what are you putting in? And it's it's when you wake up to when you go to bed, and that's why I always say, start off your day with what I call eight minutes of power. I do my incantation, my gratitude, my reflection. I do a hundred, I do a hundred push-ups, and then I take a cold shower because I have to have preparation for my day. We you go to the, you go to the games and you see the athletes warm up hour hour and a half prior to the game. They're warming up for work. When do we do that? And then I exhaust myself as hard as I can throughout the day. And I take six, seven hours of sleep at Love night, it. eight hours of sleep. You have to refuel, what, replenish what, what's yourself. Your, you know what, actually, this is funny, I'm asking you this. What's your current vulnerability, right this second? Myself. How so? I'm my greatest opponent. That person in the mirror each and every day, I have to challenge myself. That's my vulnerability. It used to be other things that I went through. I was never one to point fingers and say, it's your fault, your fault, your fault. But I always said, if that person didn't do that, or if I didn't go right. through this, and that's one of the things. But now... It's how I come or react to it. So if something happens to me. How much are you addicted to accountability? 100%. Yeah. I, I, everything in my life is my fault. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I, I it's re- self-awareness. I really believe that we have to make accountability cool and that like I'm starting to believe and I've been throwing it out there. I'm starting to believe that if we make accountability cool in the same way that we view being politically woke 
in the same way in entrepreneurship that we view the grind, in the same way that we view watches, in the same way that we view activism and giving back. You know, all these things that I just mentioned, a decade ago, not cool. Like it just, it wasn't. Everything I just mentioned, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, not in the consciousness. I believe if we make accountability super cool, it will lead to enormous amounts of happiness. You would end water cooler talk. You would end the people calling up and trying to find a friend just that they agree to them while they're complaining. You would have more productivity and more output. You know, you know, you said something, it's like, you don't have to be the best of the best, but you have to be the best version of yourself. Yes. And that's what people have to go after. Yes. And when you hold yourself accountable, you are putting forth the best version of yourself. Jay, knowing this audience will map well to you, what, this is just me now being kind because I like you. What, what do you, you know, because I don't want to run out of time and not no. do it. What do you want this audience to know? Like what, on a, on a cliche Gary talk, jab, 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 right jab, hook. Jab, jab. What's the right hook here? Is it, is, it, is it the macro concept of what you guys are doing on the Upper East Side? No. And so what is it? The right really- hook. Yeah, you know I'm the right hook. Listen, is the, the, you know every day I'm jabbing out there and I'm, I want to give right back. Hook. I want to know what you want actually. This is what I want. Please. I want people to realize that we all have the answers to the test, and the answers usually come up right before they die. I live by a thing what I call the death theory. People who I'm going through things in life and I may have barriers or or, or I come across, they're not going to be beside me at my deathbed. They're not going to think about me when I'm, I'm taking my last breath. And the only thing we're going to worry about is when we die, it's like, I should have spent more time with my family. We don't think about, I should have spent more money. I should have made this. I should have. If we, in a sense, hold ourselves accountable and realize that we have the answer to the test, because if people come to, oh, how do I lose weight? How do I get in shape? How do I make myself a better life? You have the answer to the test. And if I put a gun to your head, you would tell me the answers. A hundred percent. That's the big thing. Good. We have the answers to the test. I and I'm preaching. don't worry about what other people think because the deathbed theory ends that right there. Yeah, hundred percent. My son's gonna be there, my other two children to be there, my fiance and my wife will be there, and that's it. All right, listen, you're preaching. You're absolutely preaching. Go ahead, go ahead. Say so. Change people's lives. He takes people and actually changes their lives. If they're down, they're in addiction, or they want to be something, he literally changes their lives. I they be- say you saved my life. I believe it. That's that's. And, I'll, and let me tell let me tell you why why I believe that. Jay, like me, like many other people, both on the good side and the bad side of history, mm-hmm. it's just because he's a great communicator. Like 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 this is very important actually. Like there's a lot of people that know the answers, but they do not have the luxury of DNA that allows them to communicate it in a compelling enough way to actually break through a human being's brain and rejigger their perspective. That's all I have, that's all I have, 100%. It's not super complicated. Gift of gab, energy, the articulation of wordsmithing, the intent, the, the gratitude within oneself to be able, the reason there's so much energy is it's predicated on gratitude. Gratitude, when people, I love when people leave comments in my content, they literally leave comments like cocaine, Ritalin, you know, they, they, they do that. And I, <laughs> and I very much understand it because there's a lot of energy behind it. But what's really fascinating to me, and I see it in you, and I see it in a lot of other people, there is nothing that gets people into more of that state than gratitude, and perspective, and accountability, all these things. 
Accountability leads to maybe you're miffed at your mom, right? Maybe I've helped you through my content to say, actually it's your mom who's your problem. But then when you take that and actually put it on a shelf and say, yes, but it's my accountability to accept it or not. Then when you deploy empathy and say, yeah, but her mom did that to her. All of a sudden, you don't resent your mom, even though you've had the epiphany of like, fuck, that's the problem. And you take it on you, which then allows you to get light. It's fun to not resent your mom anymore, because who wants to really? And then you start chipping away at accountability and like you just change the framework. It's acknowledging it. You have to know it's in the room, but it goes to not blaming that because that becomes the crutch and the excuse. You have full control. You have full fucking control. Not Donald Trump, not Facebook's algorithm, not you know anybody else. You. No, nobody can stop you except for yourself, and that's 100%. one of the biggest things. We are we are our worst opponents. You know, there's nobody in my head talking except for me. There's no one in your head talking except for you. Yep. But if you want to make people take up residence, you will you will find a way to point fingers. What do you want to cover in these last five minutes? Anything that we didn't touch on? You know, one of the biggest things is I want people to realize this, and I want to tell you a quick story, a football story, so we can all relate to Please. this. So I'll never forget when I was 12 years old, and this was, my dad was a great mentor, but sometimes he didn't understand where he was coming from. You know, we didn't, we didn't grow up with the riches of riches. We grew up in the poorest of poors. And, where did you, know, you grow we, up again, remind we me? We grew up actually in Cedar Grove, New Jersey. And, um, you know, people don't, you know, you, you may see something on the outside, but that's not what's going on the inside. Yeah, what I mean by that is that, you know, they may say like, okay, well, you didn't grow up, but we, we did. And um, my dad was out of work at that time, and we were watching a, a, a game on TV. It was the Giants playing, and uh, my dad asked me a question. He said, you know, who's the best player on the team? And I was like, that's a quarterback. And he's like, no. And I said, uh, it's a linebacker, so-and-so. And so I named all the players like that. Who is it? He said, it's somebody up in the stands. It's the best player on the team. He goes, listen. The best player on any field in any stadium is in his stands. But what happened, he's allowed himself to be defeated by himself through other barriers. Maybe his father put him down. Maybe his father beat him. Maybe he didn't have the money, the time, whatever it was. And he allowed, and now he's wearing somebody else's name on the back of his, on the back of his jersey. And now he's a fan clapping for somebody when he should have been clapping for himself. And I was... That's a tremendous perspective play by your dad because, you know... I, I agree with that completely. And we're, you know, we don't have to have a grass field or play. Our play could be our desk. Our play could be the little league. Our play could be, you know, working at home. It could be, it could be just being a parent or whatever it is. But you have to be that quarterback of your life. You have to be the one calling the plays and throwing, calling the auto balls when you see things changing. Well, the biggest part about that is, you know, what what if, if everybody who's listening who has a smartphone actually has a field now. 100%. That's what's so different. So much of what I talk about actually is not valid prior to the internet. (laughs) I I really mean this. This is why I think, this is why I really, really desperately hope that heaven can watch everything because I, I think so much of what I'm trying to put out, others are, has people struggle with because they don't understand the context of the internet being at scale only after 20 years, 25 years of its modern kind of formation. Obviously the internet was around before and it was the military, but listen, for everybody listening, the internet's really a 1994, 1993, 1995 thing. That's when it kind of started. 
you know? And really it wasn't until like early 2000 that you started getting even kind of a oomph of people on. And now we're at a place where everyone's on, at least in, you know, modern civilization. And like, it's a big deal. Like, 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 you know, to you know, back to not having money. Like, look, listen, very simply and very true. If you're an athlete and you didn't have the dollars and things of that nature, to your point, you could have persevered. Because I always say to people, show me one person that made it from your situation, and then it's possible. So you can tell me about your alcoholic abusing parents. You could talk to me about poverty. But when I can point to Jay Z or when I can point to an NFL player that made it from your hood, you now have no excuse because there's an example. I do not believe in Bigfoot and unicorns, but I'm ready to. Like, show me one, and I'm like, there it is, and that's that. So, to me, that was there was a lot of real around that math. To your point, this cell phone thing is fucking crazy. That's our field, that's our play. People can be anything they want and create anything they want. That's why I say we have the answers to the test, 100%. whether it's the phone, whether it's your desk, whatever's in front of you. And the most important field. platforms are free. This All is why the get, platforms. This is why I get mad when people are like, oh, Instagram's organic reach is going down. I'm like, it's fucking free. It's fucking free. Like, if you, listen, take it from somebody who had to run an ad in the New York Times for his dad's liquor store to get awareness, that cost me $44,000 I didn't have. You know, if, I, I mean, pfft. yeah, I, I just think that we're living through a really interesting time I'm just happy that there's, you know, obviously I'm sure the people that are listening, so many of the words that are coming out of your mouth are verbatim or unbelievably similar. I'm I'm wrapping with this because I really do have admiration to the tenacity to get to this point and more importantly, you know, where you are at your point. When do you guys open up this Upper East Side thing? So we're looking right now in February 2020. Do you have a name for it? Yeah, it's called Wealth, W Health. Because uh-huh. the best investment you can make in like any that. point good name. is investing in yourself. And I don't usually get excited about names. And so is it a one-off? Like does Dustin walk in and just pay 800 bucks and he walks out with data? No, well, okay. so there's gonna be- Subscription? A, there's gonna be a 12-week platform, another platform that's gonna overlay that. Just at scale. It's, and then we're gonna scale it out. Yeah, I understand. Basically, yeah. But you guys are going to be there, like chilling there on the upper side. I'll be there. Yeah, we're following. Uh, Cindy's already built the thing from a completely bare, and her which is in her V spot, so she's has the ability to scale us out. So we're looking to uh, next five years, really give people the opportunity. And your social handles before we get out of here? Sure, it's at J Cardiello. Spell it, because fucking I can't spell. J A Y C A R D I E L L O. Cool. Vaynernation, hit this man up. I think you know why. See ya. Thanks, guys, for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed and more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best podcast in the world. I'm watching. (laughs) Have a great day.